Bless you, Bojo. Praise the Lord. I want us to worship God this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sorry, my voice, I can't shout. <laughs> so technically, you just have to try to increase this. Amen. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my feet are
Father, I ask that you are not my lips of clay, that every word that will be spoken will be spoken in the way you want it, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, Spirit of God. Take over. Blessed be thy name, O God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. You're welcome to the last Sunday of this month of June in which we are going forward, henceforth. We're going forward. But the Lord will want us to address one thing which has been coming and coming and coming during this month. And it's the fear factor. The fear factor. And you see, <laughs> addressing fear factor, facing your fear, is not, this is a caveat, it's not about trying to impress someone else that you are a superhero. Jesus is our superhero. There are no superheroes. It's not like I'm not trying, you're not trying to prove a point to somebody to let them see that now you are very spiritual. No, but you are confronting your fear. You are dealing with that spirit that is keeping you in one spot. Our Father wants us to move forward. God has released the word. He said, move forward. And when the Father in heaven is saying, move forward, but there is something that he wants us to address, the fear factor. Hallelujah. Because fear is a weapon of the enemy. And fear is something that the enemy has beautifully crafted to keep us in one spot. And nobody is immune from that. Hallelujah. Nobody is immune from that. Anyone can be attacked with the spirit of fear at any time. But it's a weapon of the enemy. And God wants us to know that as much as he wants us to go forward, he wants us to address fear in our lives. I mean, you know what you're afraid of. You know what bothers you. So everybody knows what they're dealing with at one point or the other. And like I say, sometimes the spectrum, you overcome this fear, and here comes another one there. The enemy shoots another arrow at you to kind of deal with you, to keep you on the same spot. I, I remember um, in one of those classes in, in high school days when they tell you about operant conditioning, in which you condition people's brain uh, to do certain things, and either by positive reinforcement or by negative reinforcement. So you can do, fear is a form of, to me, it's a form of negative reinforcement in which it keeps you in that place. I think I've seen one situation which, I mean, I've read about one situation in which a dog, you keep the dog in a cage or was it an animal, and when they open the cage for the animal to leave, the animal just refused to leave because the brain has conditioned the animal to stay in that same spot. So when God is saying move forward, there are things that saying, no, don't go, stay there. And the major thing there is the fear the fear factor. Hallelujah. What are we usually afraid of? What are we afraid for? It's a common thing to man. Failure. Number one. Who is not afraid of failure? Who wants to fail? <laughs> Amen. Failure is the number one thing. Nobody wants to fail. But you see, the Bible makes us to understand in the book of Proverbs 24, 16, now that says, the righteous man falls seven times, but he still rises again. So, it's not an unusual thing to happen that you might fail. But the fear of it, the fear that, what if? Oh, maybe I should not even try anything. Let me just stay where I am. Because if I fail, people are going to make a jest of me. They will think I am the worst person. And then, oh, I can't come off it. 
and the enemy keeps you on that same spot. And what God has designed for you to move into, to step into, somebody else steps into it because you dare not do it because the enemy tells you, what of if you fail? Don't do it. Nobody has ever done this in your family. Don't even try it. Don't step out of here. This is your boundary. You see, your uncle, your aunties, all of them, they just ended here, okay? You do not even try to cross that. That's the enemy. Fear of failing. Next, the fear of the future. The fear of the future. It's a, it's a major thing. You see, you sit down sometimes and you're like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What if in 10 years' time, what if, well, whatever. What's going to happen? What's going to happen to my children? What's going to happen to myself? What's, hap what's going to happen? You know, there's so many things. And they are unanswered. And honestly, if you go to God, he might not answer you. Unfortunately. Why? Why won't he answer you? Sometimes he doesn't show you everything. And most times he will not. <laughs> and why? Because it's a journey of faith. Said, for he that draweth back my soul shall not be pleased. Because the just shall live by faith. It's a journey. Telling you to go forward, he wants you to go forward. It's a journey of faith. But for him to show you everything from the beginning to the end, negates the principle of faith, negates what God is, negates his character, because you depend on yourself at that point. You believe, you know the end of the story, go and sleep. I know how this movie is going to end because he already showed me, right? You don't have faith in God no more. So it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work. The journey of faith does not work when God shows you the end, like, okay, this is going to happen. You have this detour and this will happen. And this No. He tells you, follow me by faith. Sometimes he might show you the end, but he doesn't show you the, be, be, the in-betweens. That is the alpha and the omega, but in between the A and the Z, you don't know what's going to happen. But you still remember that he's still God. That's the major and the most important thing. Hallelujah. And for us to always know that the scripture says he's taught towards us and he taught of peace and not of evil. To give us a future and a hope. To give us what? An expectant end. He declares, that's Jeremiah 29, 11. He declares the end from the beginning. Psalm 46, 10. He says, God declares the end from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning. But in between, he might not tell you. What else are we afraid of? What, what do we fear again? Apart from the future. The unknown. The unknown. The fear of the unknown. What ifs? There's so many what ifs in this world. There's so many things that we, we, are non, we don't know. The secret things, the Bible says, they belong to God. Who knew that there would be coronavirus this year? Who knew it? Well, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows that things are going to go this way. Nobody really knew that we'll be going through lockdown. Nobody was sure. Amen. The business world didn't know. If they knew, a lot of people would not go into so many things. A lot of us will not put money into so many things. You just say, oh, let me wait. Let me not do get involved in this investment. Let me not do this because we already knew what's going to happen. The fear of the unknown. The fear of the unknown. But the secret things belongs to God. The next fear, the enemy. The enemy. That's another thing. The enemy. The enemy. It's a major fear because, you know, some people are like, oh, no, why do you like, they blame some people because the, the people talk about enemies and enemies. Well, you know, you have an extent to which you can blame them. They've seen a lot of things. 
So it could make them paranoid. It could make them, you know, think about the enemy is coming here, is coming there. But I won't blame them, you know, because of when you have experienced something, it doesn't completely go out of your brain. You keep thinking about it. So, but what is important is that as much as you have seen what the enemy can do, try to know what God can do more. Because the Bible says, they that know their God, they shall work strong. You see, it's better to try to, don't underrate the enemy, but try to know God more. Because in knowing God more, the enemy becomes smaller. You, but not underrated, but they become smaller. Hallelujah. The enemy, the fear of the enemy. That is another thing. We'll, we'll go into a lot of scriptures that will tell us what to do. And the other thing is the fear of death. That's a major one, like the fear of death. And that is enough to tell it, to keep a man on one spot. Like if you tell it, they're going to die, they reset the button immediately. We've seen people that they don't take care after their health and something, and then you tell them, do this, they don't do it. But one day when somebody comes and <laughs> I have a, a specialist I trained under him when we were students, and he would look at them in the face and say, you're not taking your medications. You're going to die. And I was like, <laughs> he's very blunt. And the patient sits down and quietly adjusts himself. Like, really? You know, <laughs> we've been begging you to, to actually do this and you're not going to do it. You're going to die. So that's, that captures, grips the heart of man. It grips the heart of man. So that's what happens to men. But how do we handle all this? How do we deal with our fears? Number one is the word of God. It's the word of God. Because, like I said, they that know their God, they shall work, work strong and do exploit. To work strong and do exploits, they have to know their God. And to know him, we can't know him outside his word. We can't know God outside the Bible. We can't know him outside his word because God cannot be removed from his word. <laughs> Amen. Let's read the scripture. Because the word of God is an anchor that you can hold on to. It's an anchor. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing. And hearing through what? The word of God. Let's read Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, 20. I'll read NKJV and then I'll go to message. The word of God is an anchor. It's an anchor. That's where you see people going through stuff and they are holding on because they have an anchor. Let's read that. For they could not endure what was commanded. Oh, sorry. Did I say Hebrews 12? I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Hebrews 6, 12 to 20. Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6, 12 to 20. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath. For confirmation is for them an end of all disputes. Thus, God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible 
for God to lie. That we might have strong consolation who have fled. We fled for refuge. Do you flee if nothing is pursuing you? Something is pursuing you. For refuge. To lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Both sure and steadfast. And which enters the presence behind the veil. We are the foreigners entered for us. Even Jesus having become the high priest forever. According to the order of Melchizedek. Amen. Can I have the message version? I love that. I love the message version. I'm sure. Okay. All right. Can I have the message version? Okay, I'm sure that that won't happen to you, friends. I have better things in mind for you. Salvation things. God doesn't miss anything. He knows perfectly well all the love you've shown him by helping needy Christians and, do and that you keep at it. And now, I want each of you to extend the same intensity towards full-bodied hope and keep it till the finish. Don't drag your feet. Be like those who stay the course with committed faith and then get everything promised to them. Okay, let's go now. When God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it to the, to the what? To the hilt, putting his own reputation on the line. He said, I promise that I will bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Abraham stuck it out. Okay, that's the work of faith. Stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. What, when people make promises, they guarantee them by appeal to some authority above them so that if there is any question that they will make good on the promise, the authority will back them up. When God wanted to guarantee his own promises to us, he gave his word a rock-solid Guarantee. I love that word. A rock solid guarantee. God can't break his word. And because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise what? Unchangeable. We who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. It's an unbreakable Spiritual what? Lifeline. Reaching past all the appearances right to the very presence of God. We are Jesus running on ahead of us as taking hold, taking up his permanent post as high priest for us in the order of Melchizedek. The word of God. God who cannot be separated from his word is our hanker. Is the one we hold on to. We can hold on to anything else. So when they say, what are you holding on to? You better have the word of God that you are holding on to. Because that is what cannot change. It is the immutable things in which God cannot lie. He cannot change. His word cannot change. Hallelujah. Because God and his word cannot be separated. Praise God. So number one thing for dealing with your fear. Go into the word. The word of God. His promises to you. He said, those of us who have fled, something was pursuing us. That's why we fled to God. 
And that's why we have to hold on to his word as an anchor. You know what an anchor is when the sheep is, you know, they have anchors. It goes deep down. It's a root, something that gives you uh, support, strength. Hallelujah. The number two thing is to address the spirit of fear. Second Timothy 1.17 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and that of a sound mind. And say to that spirit, in the name of Jesus, spirit of fear, lose your hold over my life. I take authority over you to lose your hold over my life. Because you have to speak. If you don't speak, it does not happen. You have to say it. That's why, why it says in Romans 10, that never say, is it 9? and 10, it says, do not say who is going to descend into the deep to bring Jesus back. Who is going to ascend to get him. But he said, the word is in your mouth. Address the spirit of fear. Hallelujah. He said, he didn't give us the spirit of fear, but he gave us what? The spirit of love, power, and that of a sound mind. And that is why the next thing to address, to deal with our fear, is to love the Lord. To love the Lord. Because when you love the Lord, you see him more, you get closer to him, your fear begins to diminish. Hallelujah. The fear of the love of God helps your fear to begin to diminish. Because you continue to dwell more in his presence and your fear begins to vanish. Because like I said, it's not an absence of fear. It's just the press, the awareness that there is something greater than my, what I fear. Amen. Love the Lord. Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 5. He said, hear ye, O Israel, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with everything in you. Love the Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love God. When you love him without any reservation, you don't have anything hiding in your heart as an idol. You don't have anything else you are holding on to except him. It will help you to deal with fear. That's why First John 4, 18 says it. He said, there is no fear in love because perfect love does what? Cast it out what? Fear. He said, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So when you fear God, when you, when you love him, it drives away fear. Hallelujah. The next scripture Revelations 12, 11, he says they overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimonies and they love not their lives to death. That is, they're not afraid of death. They are afraid of God. That's what Jesus said, that be afraid of somebody who can kill your body and kill your soul in hell. Don't be afraid of one that can destroy your body. They loved all their lives unto death. We'll see such examples in the scriptures. Because it helps them to confront their fear. They loved God. Hallelujah. What else can we do? Commune with the Father. Commune with the Father. We see that example in our Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 12. 12 27. When Jesus' heart was very troubled. He was troubled as well. What did he do? He went to talk with the father. He said, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. 
Amen. So Jesus was troubled. But he went to the Father. Commune with him. Commune with the Father. Open up to the Father. Open up to him. What you concerned about. Amen. It's not a time to hide away from him. It's a time to pour out. Lord, I'm not, you can't be more spiritual than God. You can't be psychedelic. You can go to God and pretend that everything is fine and that you are not worried. No. If you're worried, present it to God. He said, casting all your cares upon him. For he does what? He cares for you. Hallelujah. So the first person to talk to is God. Talk to the Father. Because even Jesus went to the Father. He spoke to the Father. When he was troubled, he, was, he knew he was going to die. He went to the Father. He spoke to the Father. Hallelujah. That's why in Hebrews 4, 15 to 16, what did he tell us? He said, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and grace to help in time of need. There are times that you need and you know that you have a high priest. Jesus has gone through that before. He's gone through all those weaknesses. He's gone through all those hours of temptation. He's gone through all those times of discouragement. He went to the Father. He said, that is why let us draw closer and not run away from God. Draw closer to him that I need to deal with this. This is what I want you to deal with for me, Lord. Help me. Amen. We see that in Ezekiah as well. It, that one is a lengthy one, but I wouldn't mind going through Ezekiah's in 2 Kings 18 to 19. Let's have a look. 2 Kings, um, I will just I will skip some areas. 2 Kings. Uh, King Ezekiah was confronted by his enemies. He tried to please them. He tried to do everything that they asked him to do. But the enemy still said, no, I'm picking up a fight with you. Amen. Let's see. Um, let's see where I can. I don't want to take our time. Um, he went to the extent of even cutting off gold from the temple to please his enemies, to give to them. But what else do you need? I don't want your fight. Take this gold. Take this. Take that. Okay. Oh well. They took it. But they still came back and said, no. You know what? We're still going to deal with you. You see, you, have, you, have, you, have, you, can be, you can find yourself in certain situations like that in which you have tried to make peace. I mean, you try to, you know, the enemy decides to cross their boundary. Then, what did he do? He went to God as well. In fact, they uttered a lot of threats. They challenged his God in that passage. Let me see um, um, verse 2 Kings 18, I'll read from 17 here. The king of Assyria, after all this that Hezekiah uh, has done, sent his supreme commander, the chief officer, and his field commander with a large army to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem. They came up to Jerusalem and stopped at the aqueduct of the upper pool on the road to the washerman's field. They called for the king, and Eliakim, some of Achaia, the palace administrator, Shebna, the secretary, and Jonah, son of Asab, the recorder 
went out to them. The field commander said to them, tell Ezekiah, this is what the great king, the king of Assyria says, on what you are basing this confidence of yours. He's asking, why are you so confident? You say you have the counsel and the might for war, but you speak only empty words. On whom are you depending that you rebel against me? Look, I know you are depending on Egypt, that, splint that splintered reed of a staff which pierces the hand of anyone who leans on it. Such is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who depend on him. Or if you say to me, we are depending on the Lord our God, isn't he the one whose eye pleases and altars Ezekiah removed, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, you must worship before this altar in Jerusalem. Come now, make a bargain with my master, the king of Assyria. I'll give you 2,000 horses if you can put riders on them. How can you repose one officer of the list of my master's officials, even though you are depending on Egypt for chariots and horsemen? Furthermore, I, have I come to attack and this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, go up against the land and destroy it. Then said Eliakim, the son of Ilkar, and Shebna and Jonah, speak, I pray thee, to thy servant in Syrian language, for we understand it, and talk not with us in the Jews' language, in the ears of the people that are not on the wall. But there is this guy, Rab Shaki, said unto them, At my master sent me to, the, to thy master, and to thee to speak to these words, hath he not sent to me, and to the men which sit on the wall, that they may eat their own dung, and, their, and drink their own peace with you? Then Rab Shaki stood, and cried with a loud voice in Jewish language, and speak, saying, hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. He came to really threaten them in their local language so that they can be afraid. Thus said the king, let not Ezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you out of his hand. Neither let Ezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, the Lord will surely deliver us, and this city shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. Hearken not to Ezekiah, for thus said the king of Assyria, make an agreement with me by a present and come out to me, and then eat ye every man of his own vine, then until I come. So, as, as I'll jump to 33, at any of the gods of the nations delivered at all out of the land and of the hand of king of Syria, where are the gods of Amat and Apat, where are the gods of Seraphim, Hena, and Hiva? Have they delivered Samaria out of my hand? Who are they among all the gods of this country that have delivered their country out of my hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand? But the people held their peace and answered him not a word. For the king's commandment was saying, answer him not. Amen. Then came Eliakim, which said unto their sword and Shebna, and to Ezekiah, which with their cloth rent. And they told him the word of Rabshakeh. Hallelujah. They went and told him what, Rabshake was kind of the, the spokesman for that king, like he's one of his commanders, and he was reciting the CV of the enemy for them, that this enemy you are trying to face, even God cannot de 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 deliver you guys from his hand. I just want you to know, God cannot deliver you, because this enemy, they read the CV of the people he has destroyed. See, that's the fear of the enemy. The enemy likes to do what? To make empty boast, to boast. The enemy tries to boast. The devil tries to do that. That's why the Bible says he roars like a roaring lion. He gives you all this to keep you in the same spot. Do not even try. I have destroyed this one, destroyed that one, destroyed that one. Don't even think your God, your so-called God will deliver you from my hand. 
What did Ezekiah do? He went to God in, 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 uh, in uh, chapter 19, verse 14. He received a letter from the messenger and read it, and he went to the temple and spoke to God and delivered the message to God. God, hear what they are saying. And what happened? There was a prophecy, and God spoke. And God spoke and that he's going to deal with them. And what happened? He sent one angel in between verse chapter 19 and 20. Only one angel, one night, killed 185,000 soldiers. Just one angel. What did God try to prove? Might. Just one angel. After all the threats, if you read all those chapters, you see that they really threatened the people and they made them shiver with fear. That, <laughs> who is this your God? He can't deliver you. We kill this one, we deliver this one. We, you can't, don't even bother. He told the people in their own local language so that they can hear in their language that, look, we want you to hear you, that this is our king. He can destroy all of you. He destroyed this town, this city, this city. Don't even bother. But what did Ezekiel do? He went to God. That is the only way you confront the fear by going to God. And what did God do? He showed his might. God showed up. He showed his might. One angel slew 185,000. That is what God can do. Hallelujah. What else can we do? What else can we do? Can I have the next slide? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Because the Bible says in Jude, in the book of Jude, it said, my brethren, building up your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. You pray more in the Holy Ghost because it helps you. It builds up your faith. The other thing is to follow examples. Follow examples from the scriptures of how people confronted their fear. We have the four lepers. The four lepers in the scripture. We have the three Hebrew children. Let's see the account of those four lepers. I mean, at that point, their city was under a siege. There was a siege that happened. And those guys actually had to they had to do what? He said, why do we sit here till we die? That should be in, I think, 2 Kings 7. Not knowing that God has actually dealt with their fear. So, their city was under a siege for quite a long time. Now, there was famine. People could not eat. They could not go out to buy food. And here come these four guys. And, you know, Let's see seven, Second Kings 7. I'll read from uh, verse 3. It said, Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the gate. They said to each other, Why stay here until we die? Until we die? If we say we'll go into the city and the family is there and we'll die. If we stay here, then we'll die. So let's go over to the camp. If they spare us, they spare us, they kill us, they kill us. They just gave up and said, Look, we are going to confront this fear today. They confronted it. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. Amen. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army, so that they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite, the Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys, and they left the camp and, tossed, and they ran for their lives. The enemy took to their heels before they got there because God intervened. So, by the leading of God, you can confront your fear. 
you can confront it. These four lepers confronted it. They were like, those guys are going to kill us. But if you stay here, you got to die of hunger. Okay, let's confront it. Hallelujah. They confronted it. They went there. Amen. The three Hebrew children in the book of Daniel did the same thing. At the point, they were asked to bow to this image. But what did they say to the king? They said, king, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. We are not careful. We know this God. We know him. You see, that's the major thing. You know your God. But he said, we know this is our God that can save us. But peradventure, he doesn't show up to save us. We don't care. We are not going to bow. Period. And that's it. Take it or leave it, king. We are not bowing. That moved God's hand because these guys are sold out to him. Like, we know, we know God can deliver us. And number one, we're not bowing. But if he doesn't, we're still not. We're not budging. Do whatever. Do your worst. They confronted their fear. And of course, he threw them to the furnace. He hit the, he hit the furnace seven times that the people who threw them even died. But God showed up. Hallelujah. Face the fear. Facing the fear doesn't mean that we become reckless or we do things that are deemed suicidal. But by the leading of God, he will tell you what to do. He will tell you because once you build your faith, you get to that level, he will lead you what to do. Amen. It's not that you're showing off, but it's the fact that you know your God and you know what he can do. That's why those people when in the passage where we read, they did not answer the enemy at the point when the enemy was threatening them. They kept quiet. They were waiting for a point in which they need to respond. And the instruction was, do not say a word. They didn't say anything. So you need to follow what God is asking you to do at every time. Amen. He said, do not say a word. They kept quiet. Kept quiet. Amen. Hallelujah. How more, how, what more can we do to deal with fear? To deal with our fear? Let's see the next slide. Um, I'm concluding that the Lord doesn't want us to remain on the same spot. Okay? But the enemy prefers it. But it's your choice. You have a choice. You can decide what to do to deal with it. You can decide what to do to deal with your fear by the leading of God. So what else can we do? We, we've said it in the morning. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Because walking in the spirit, you're going to be led of God by time of what to do. And the Lord will help us as we do that in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want us to stand up this morning and talk to the Lord in prayer. I want us to talk to him. Now, Father, here am I. I'm not hiding myself from you. You know me. You know what is bothering you. You know what could keep you on the same spot. You know that if I continue like this, I might not go forward. I might not make that progress that God has asked me to, that he has commanded me to do. But go before him. Go before the Father this morning and ask for help and ask him. That Lord, I depend on you. I need you. As you have commanded us to go forward, Lord, help me to deal with every form of fear that might want to keep me on the same spot. Whether it's failure, whether it's the enemy, whether it's the fear of the unknown, Lord, I present this before you because I want to go forward. I want to move forward. I don't want to remain on the same spot. Lord, I hand over myself unto you. Help me, Father. In the name of Jesus, I surrender everything to you. All my past and negative experiences, 
I lay them at your feet this morning. That Lord, help me. Deliver me from every stronghold, every mindset that fear has created in me. In the mighty name of Jesus. And I want you to address the spirit of fear this morning. I want you to talk. Just say it. That in the name of Jesus, spirit of fear, lose your hold. Because God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of love and power and that of a sound mind. In the name of Jesus, spirit of fear, be gone. Lose your hold out of my life and destiny. Over my life and destiny, lose your hold. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I have the spirit of love, power, and that of a sound mind. In the name of Jesus, fear is not of God. Fear is not of God. I reject the spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus, I go forward. As we enter the month of July, I move forward. Mari Brobojo Talaba Ligre de Bos, Jeriba Zoto Baliaga, Rigedede, Rababa Zoto Prelemoska, Rigazuta Prelimosh, Libazuto Prelimosa Tabrelimosh, Ligato Prelimosca Pralide, Mazata da 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 da, Rigazoto Prelimosh, Bralaba, in the name of Jesus, Rita Zuta Pralino Ramazantalia, Blessed be the name of God, Riba Koshin Prelide. Jagrile promozuta baliangrile bosh ligazuto prele moska pralaba marude dede pralushin relede ligazuta baliangrile bosh Lord, that you manifest yourself unto me in a higher dimension, in a greater way, that all those things that constitute fear will be infinitesimal after this onwards. In the name of Jesus, I want to pray like that. Lord, I need you to manifest yourself to me in a greater dimension, that whatever is my fear will be reduced in your presence in the name of Jesus Riba zuta ria bazanta ria krelebosh rimazanta lidi promozuta ria de lekizato bralimosh limazanta lididi father i receive a greater revelation of you in the name of Jesus in every area of my life and whatever the enemy is using to keep me one spot i receive a revelation of you oh god in that area that i will not be stagnant because I'm going to overcome whatever the enemy is used to threaten me in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says fear as torment. I want you to pray that Lord, I free myself from every torment of the spirit of fear this morning. In the name of Jesus, I free myself of, from every torment of the spirit of fear this morning. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, fill my heart with your love because perfect love casteth out fear. In the name of Jesus, Blessed be the name of God. 